Recording. But wonderful. Beautiful. Did you, sorry, are we shouting? Yes. Oh, that's a quiet boy. That is quiet. Yeah, that's why I said you gotta. You might need a record volume. Huh? Do you want to record it into the board as a, at a higher volume, real quick? Um, I, I can go. L A S. It's fine. Okay. By the way, I'm going to go back in and mute myself here, but let's just go with it. We're I muted. I can't. I'm not. I'm not a okay, let's, just, let's just start this. All right, hold on. There we go. Oh, come Craig. back. Okay. Craig, come back. I'm back. <laughs> All right. I'm not deleting that, though. <laughs> All right. That's okay. fine. Here we go. And. L-A-S. I love oh, this song. It's such a good song. It's such a good pump-up song. I'm, I'm especially pumped to hear about some Creating Crap with Craig right now. Aren't I'm not we gonna all? Lie, Hello, everybody, and welcome to Creating Crap with Craig. I am your host, Craig Johnson, and here we love both alliteration and creation. Sitting across from me is the illustrious Logan Adam Schultz, who is... What, what would you call yourself? The the founder or co-founder of LAS as a pole property? Uh, technically, I'm a co-founder. Co-founder. Um, but wow. I am the owner. Perfect. Yeah. We love it. Well, if you're listening to this, that means that you are a Patreon, a subscriber. And we want to thank you so much for that. That def- like Seriously, that means the absolute world to us. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, let's get right into it. So... Today we're going to be talking about LAS as a whole, the creation of the aesthetics and the logos, and we're going to be talking about how this all came to be, and just, we're just going to get into it. So let's get into it, Logan. Let's get into it. So, let's start from the beginning here. How on earth did you come up with the idea for LAS? Right, so, yeah, if you're listening to this show, because it's Patreon exclusive, you're familiar with the LAS brand we've created, the three letters. Um, there's there's the paint splatter in it. Um, and I, I came up with the idea during our kind of initial month as a group. At that point, we weren't 100% certain what things were going to be, but I was starting my journey in real estate. And I knew that I wanted to start um, a team of people that was a little outside of the norm for real estate. Um, bring in people like yourself, who I've worked with previously at, at Nouveau City Markets. What we a lovely time. Worked together for the first time. We killed it. Um, <laughs> the handsome producer over there, Alex Schulte. Yes, we got Alex Schulte on the board. What Alex, up, what up. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> 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 oh, love uh, you, bud. And then, uh, love you guys. Our fourth LAS team member, Forrest. Um, who is does our photography and videography and who is both my roommate and my secret lover? Correct. Yes. Correct. Not so secret lover. <laughs> not no, so not secret. so secret. Right. My wife knows it. She's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I kind of gathered you all together and and said, hey, I really want to start this thing, um, and the LAS podcast network and LAS as a brand 
kind of grew out of that. Um, it, I don't think it's super secret to say that it started because it was my initials, um, Logan Adam Schultz, and it was a real estate thing, right? Oh. Um, representing myself as a realtor in the area with Coldwell Banker Hedges. Call me. And uh, <laughs> shout out. <laughs> and then and then the LAS idea really took on a life of its own, and we um, we decided to become a very value forward team and organization, um, grabbing onto the ideas of local, authentic, and surprising, um, being things that we really cared about, things we wanted to strive for and and strive to achieve um, through our work. Yeah, and I'd say a lot of that probably stems from both of our work with a lot of nonprofits, I'd say, just kind of working with these people and like kind of being like, yeah, doing good for the community feels good and it's fun to do. And so having worked with all these nonprofits, like let's do something that we can like help our community, give people a voice. And so now we have this whole, I mean, it's just a whole smorgasbord of ideas of what we want to do. And let's, I mean, to be honest, creating graphics for that, where do you even start? Right. We, you're right. We both, um, I think had very formative time with New York city markets. Um, I also worked at orchestra Iowa. So I have a background in local, cultural nonprofits uh, and caring for this community, caring for small business um, and caring for the people was something I was very passionate about. And, and I felt that with all of you as well, which is something that really resonated with us. Um, and yet yeah, choosing where to start graphically um, was kind of a challenge, but I actually, I feel like I came in with the idea of lots of different color. Right. Um, I was pretty set on something that was fairly vibrant, fairly eye-catching, because I am somebody who likes to um, lean into people's strengths and skill sets, and I know how talented you are. Oh, stop um, it. Because we had worked together before, and (laughs) and I really saw you grow in a professional space, and I know how incredibly talented and charismatic Alex is, and I know... Um, how beautiful Forrest's hair is, and also <laughs> how talented Forrest it is. It is beautiful. Right. It is beautiful. He, he is very talented. Very Man, talented. that hair. I know. Not I know. even just the hair, just the... The, the the man the myth the legend himself very mm-hmm. gorgeous, gorgeous I know person. I know they're um, they're pretty we're, incredible we're but very lucky with the people we're surrounding ourselves with that's for sure absolutely certainly but all of you bring not only incredible skills but um, very vibrant bright unique personalities um, and I want to surround myself with people that are bright and vibrant and positive there's a absolutely. lot of great energy um, not just in this room um, but in every room that, that you guys are in and so. I wanted our brand to reflect that in a lot of ways through color, through um, eye-catching vibrancy that really, in some way, encapsulated a little bit of that that surprise yeah. that we always bring, but also that that true authenticity that that we carry. Yeah, and to be honest, you know, from my point of view, when I was looking at this initially, uh, I was looking at it more from a real estate lens because that was kind of like our our beginnings were in sort of real estate in a way. And to be honest, and this isn't, this is not to bash like realtors or anything like that, because we all know like not every realtor can have a graphic designer, but a lot of realtors go with very basic. It's one color, it's a picture of them. And it's, you know, it's their name with like maybe a a fancy house next to it or something like that. This might give you some really quick insight into how realtors and the real estate industry approaches, um, artistic and graphic representation. 
it's all about ease and convenience, yep. right? Because there are so many realtors. Oh, yeah. There's so many real estate companies and brokerages. It's a massive industry. And the bottom line is most, I think, 80-some percent of realtors don't make it past two years. And so it's not really beneficial. Wow. I know. It's not really beneficial for a lot of real estate brokerages. Um, I work with Coldwell Banker Hedges, which is a major one. But you also have you know Keller Williams and Skogman in this area. Yep. And um, Century 21 is a really big one. Uh, those companies, it doesn't really help them to invest in developing individual brands, but rather to just say, here's your business cards. We have stock images that align with our yep. brand, but that aren't super complicated. Your brand is your name. Your brand is your photo. We'll get <laughs> this, you a headshot. Yep, this is you. This is your entire brand is, is all of this, but you look, you're going to look very much in line with right. everyone else because that's just, that's, that's super easy for a large company to do. They don't have to worry about trying to sit down with all the realtors and be like, okay, what do you want your thing to look at? We can right. be like, hey, here's a, a good package for you. Just do this. You'll be fine. And a lot of realtors, I'm sure, are like, thank you so much so I don't have to do that. Just something, right? Exactly. It seems like everybody thought they were done with school pictures until they become a realtor. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, oh no, now this is just my life. Oh, it's back again. (laughs) It's back. (laughs) Something like that. And so a lot of those kind of more sculpted, uh, defined brands uh, and branding for realtors come for the realtors that are more experienced, who have been in the business a little bit longer, who invest in their own work. And right. in our case, you know, a realtor who plans to do something more than just real estate. And so having a brand that is unique is great for the real estate side and also great for the rest of like what they want to do with the rest of their time when they're not selling bunches and oodles of houses. Well, I don't think any of us are interested in doing one thing right. with our lives. No. I think what we're more passionate about is who we serve. And using our various skill sets to achieve something. And so, yeah, we want to start a podcast network because we're passionate about creativity and working with creators. We're passionate about um, broadcasting and and engaging with audiences in a unique way through a unique platform. Um, We're interested in helping local businesses with their marketing practices. And we're interested in... um, in events and music and so many other things that, you know, we wanted to create, I think, a really flexible brand oh, yeah. that would allow us to do those things down the road. So then I, you know, we were meeting for a month talking about all this stuff and having these conversations. And then I say to Craig, all right, do it. <laughs> now, now go for it. And, and to be honest, uh, this will come to no surprise to anyone who knows Logan uh, a big like initial inspiration for the branding stuff was Ryan Serhan because he had kind of a brand that he could do anything with. It was very simple. It was very like, it's like you could put that on anything and it will work. Really quick. So Ryan Serhan is uh, a real estate agent in New York, a luxury real estate agent. But he became famous by being on Million Dollar Listing New York on Bravo, yep. um, which is a, um, a reality kind of TV show, but they they follow these real estate agents. It's based on real deals and real things. I, I imagine there's some, you know, added drama and, and some of that Oh, funniness. yeah, all that fun stuff. Um, Ryan Serhan, I know, was an actor in the past at one point. I think oh, he was on an episode neat. of, or he was on um, was it soap OC? opera. 
No, he was on a soap. Well, maybe I don't know. It was it was something weird like that though. That's amazing. not saying that I OC is weird. That. If there's any OC fans tuning <laughs> in, <laughs> all the OCs fans are gonna be like, what the, the Alex guy, he was getting under my skin. <laughs> because I'm definitely the first person to ever say <laughs> anything the, negative about OC. Yeah, the only person to ever. <laughs> well, and and it's just it, it it's a great brand for him. It's uh, if you don't know what it, like what his branding is, definitely look it up. Once you see it, every time you see. Every time you see it, like any anytime you see it, you'll be like, "Yep, that's that's him." Like that's it's a really simple thing to be like, "Oh, yep, that's him." And we kind of wanted to capture that, like, "Oh, yeah, that's that's LAS. That's that's their stuff." And so, we we wanted to do something that could incorporate a lot of things and still work. So, any depiction of a house out because that was just real estate. Microphone out. That's just podcasts. Anything that was just iconography of a single thing, we wanted to be like, no, we don't want that because that will pin us in, and that won't allow us to have something we can staple on everything, and it will work. So, what I kind of came at you guys with a bunch of different versions. I, I had a, a, my little PowerPoint. Uh, remembering back to the Man. remembering back to the good old days when I came in with my little PowerPoint. And I was that like, that PowerPoint was a lifetime. I ago was like, now. okay, the, these are the designs that I was I, uh, I was see, thinking you, of. You might remember it like that, man. But, but I remember seeing those designs. I was like, whoa, this guy knows what is up. What they looked fantastic from the get go. Even the ideas that we didn't go with oh, were yeah. awesome. And that's something uh, for any graphic designers uh, listening out there. That's kind of something to keep in mind is when you're approaching a project like this that's very broad, it's always good to just have a bunch of different examples that you can show your client. And that kind of, that applies to everything, but especially things that have a more broad sense. Because to be honest, working with something that can go on anything is really, really challenging because working with something that's specific, you can kind of like, you can create the iconography very easily, but you know it's 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 simple. You know, if I'm working with an ice cream place, you know, there's gonna be ice cream somewhere and like that. It's very very simple. But when you're working broadly, it's good to kind of get all of your ideas out there, show it to your client, then you can kind of narrow it down from there. Well, and I remember that meeting with you in that PowerPoint in that conference room, and uh, and going through and saying, I really like this from this idea. Yep. And I really like this from this other idea. And and just saying, you know, how can we pull those things together? Exactly. And that was really helpful for me as a client um, to really kind of get the chance to explore all that and figure that out. Absolutely. So my question, and this is honest to gosh, I, I'm, I really don't know because I'm not a graphics designer, but do you think that providing all those examples up front for your client is more giving them an opportunity to find out what they do like? Or do you think a lot of clients don't know what they want until they see what they don't like? It is absolutely the latter. So many clients have no clue what they want until they see the things that they do not want. I get this all the time. You'll get uh, clients that are like, oh, you just make anything. You can just make anything. That's fine. And they don't mean it. They don't mean, They will never mean that you can make anything because once you make something, they'll go, oh, wait, hold on. Can we actually do like this, yeah. this, and this? It's, let's uh, start with everything and yep. narrow it They down. want everything in the kitchen sink and absolutely give them everything in the kitchen sink, but do not put your heart and soul into it because just know they are going to want change. They know what they want. You have to help them find it. And that is a hurdle. 
And I definitely, what we ended up with, I had a vague idea in my mind. Again, like I oh, said, yeah. I really wanted the colors. Um, I think that I brought up the paint too. Well, yeah, that was like a natural sort of, and you'll get this all the time if you can meet with your clients in person. Obviously, through COVID, that became like not viable. Right. But you do get this more with in-person meetings than you do over email where things will come up naturally because people are more willing to just shout out ideas in person than in an email. You, you can type it out and be like, ah, wait, no, never mind. Delete, 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 delete. Which, you know, it was just kind of like, well, what about paint? What about paint splatters? And it was like, yeah, what about like the paint splatter? <laughs> That's great. That's great. And so we just, we rolled with that. And that really is what helps helps define the brand is those three paint splatters, which by the way, absolute nightmare to work with. Really? Oh my, I don't know what it is. If anyone out there is a graphic designer, maybe they can save my life here because the the reddish purple color, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the gradient on that will just stop working. It'll stop being a great, it'll go to a solid color and I cannot fix it. And then I have to Either I have to delete it, bring it back into the document, and hope that it will stay that gradient because it'll just want to keep switching to a solid color. And I have no idea why, Illustrator. Why do you do this to why, me? Why? Oh, I feel like I feel like most graphic designers uh, have a hard wake up call where they realize that their job is both artistic and IT. Sure, <laughs> sure that's totally valid. You got you got to know how to how to work that stuff, and you got to know how to fix it when things go wrong. But, uh, oh. So I have a question for you because we're having kind of a unique on recorded conversation where our relationship in this instance is uh, artist and client, mm-hmm. right? What what makes a client a good client? Like, or how much, here's another way to phrase that, how much nitpicking on a client's part is too much? Because certainly I feel like I... I definitely have something I want to get to, right? Oh, a, a certain bar I want to hit with whatever we're creating. And I want to get a better sense of what I as a client can do to help make that a better process, an easier process, something yeah. like that. Well, let me give you an idea of like the worst kind of clients that I've worked with. Perfect. The, That's the, what I want. Yeah. The ones that I always struggle with are the ones who either A, truly dearly have no clue and they do not care like they just don't care what you make you make the thing and they're like all right that's fine and i'm like well, i don't even did, did you like any of this like i don't I like that was a rough draft and they're like no 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 it's good and they take it and they're gone and i'm like well well great all right <laughs> awesome i guess that's done and it just kind of feels unfinished and the other worst kind are the people who have you make a whole thing you go through the whole shebang and by the end of it they go Actually, can we do something different? And you have to start all over from scratch. So those two are my biggest pet peeves. Now, in terms of nitpickiness, there is obviously, when it comes to logos specifically, I will always allow the client to be as nitpicky as possible because this is the thing that is going to stick around. Sure. It's going to be there for a while. So I mean, we've been been working with this logo for... um, I guess four months, three yeah. and a half, that's just the month now. Wow. feels like an eternity. I know. It <laughs> it's feels so like weird. we've been working on this for so long. Um, but it actually hasn't been that long. It's crazy. But we slap that baby on everything. Oh, yeah. And and that's why a client, 
a client who's being super nitpicky about their logo, it's because they know, like, hopefully, they know that this is something that they're going to have for a while. And for a lot of, like, clients, that's expensive. Logos are very, very expensive. They can be in the thousands of dollars for a logo. Yeah. And so they want to make sure that they're getting exactly what they want. They, 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 they you know, they, they want it down to the pixel. Be like, yes, all right, that's perfect. And so when it comes to that kind of stuff, obviously I'd say give clients more of the leeway because they're paying a lot for it and they are going to have to stick with it longer than you will as the designer. You make it and you're done and you're moving on. Right. They get it and that's what they're stuck with for a, a while. Unless they really don't like it, then they have to pay for a whole new thing and nobody wants to do that. Sure. So... Now, obviously, you are allowed to kind of give your thoughts and be like, well, I think maybe blue would look better than this teal color. And you, you can kind of come at them from an artistic perspective and be like, well, th- through my experience, this might work and this might work better. And show, th- show them examples of it in the real world. That always helps people when they go like, oh, that really does work better, actually, when they see other people are also doing the thing. But in general, just kind of go with the flow a bit with, with logo design and initial branding design because that stuff it, it's got to be precise that it's interesting that you you ended up there because alex i don't know if you remember this um but we went back and forth for a little while on where to put the subtitle is that what you call it to the yeah. logo right like las podcast network las creative you know whatever we were working with mm-hmm. yep we went back and forth on on what that looked like and where that went in relation to the primary LAS. Yeah. And it didn't really feel like there was any sort of uh, math behind that decision or anything. Right. You know, it was just what feels the best. And that's honestly, that is such a big part of graphic design is going with what feels good. Sure, like, I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times I've had designs where, like, things are perfectly lined up center, but something seems off. It's because, like, well, yes, that's that's the technical center. That's the technical correct thing, but it doesn't feel right. And so a lot of times you'll get designs where it's like, oh, that's just not feeling good, and you really can't put it to words because it is a gut thing. So... Yeah, it's it's important to listen to your gut as a designer when something just doesn't feel like it's working. Try something different. Try and go a completely different direction if you're making something that's just not feeling good. And I think that's kind of part of the premium people pay for when getting a graphics designer yeah. to, to uh, create their logo that's going to last for such a long time. They want someone who has those gut feelings. That can be like... Even though it might take you, you know... I, I guess I don't know. How long does it take to make a logo once you, you know, oh, that's once, a good question. once I you know, know exactly how, what to do? That is it honestly... Can't, it can't take that long. The length has to be from figuring right. it out, right? The, and this is literally, this is going to be different from graphic designer to graphic designer. That is why there are some graphic designers who charge one flat fee up front. That's it. And some graphic designers charge hourly. Because some graphic designers know that they're quick, know that they can come up with things quick. They have really quick ideas. And some graphic designers, it takes them a long time to work on that stuff. And so for me, the idea process is the longest part. I know Illustrator pretty well, except for that, except for that gradient. I'll never figure that thing out. Uh, except yeah. for that gradient? Yeah, gradient. Oh, I think you <laughs> stepped out of the, the room for a second. The, the, the paint gradient uh, on the I red was, one. I was letting in our, new, our next host. Yeah, the, the, the paint on the red gradient thing. Like, uh, for some reason, it just it, it keeps it. It crapping out. Oh, my God. <laughs> it just keeps dying on me, and I don't know what's happening. But 
I, I'm, I'm pretty quick on it, so I really can't char- charge hourly fees most of the time because I'm too fast at it. And so I would be making nothing if I went with an hourly fee. Right. So usually I have to charge a flat fee. Uh, but again, everyone makes things differently, and they're all valid, and they're, they all work. And so for me, the idea part takes the longest. And you'll find most of the time when it comes to logos and initial branding stuff, that idea phase and that back and forth phase, especially mm-hmm. from the designer to client, that takes a while. Yeah. That and, can take a long time. And that's what they're paying for. Exactly. Is, is, they understand is, that, and you should too. Yeah. You could, there's a million programs out there who, that could just make you a logo. Yes. And any, any, any graphic designer worth their weight will be able to point those out and be like, nope, <laughs> that is an algorithm made that thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but. No, but they're, they're getting a lot more. They're getting an artist with it. It's the same thing yes. as music, yeah. cooking, food, you know, it, any kind of art, really. I mean, you're getting so much more than just somebody who knows how to cook an egg for the exact amount of time. Exactly. You're getting so much more than somebody who just knows how to play guitar. You're getting somebody who knows more about just Illustrator. Yeah. You got, they're, they're paying for Craig's gut. <laughs> Craig's gut. My <Yeah>. gut. <laughs> I want to take a quick step away from LAS to talk about you as a creative. Okay. So... You have, for a while, I'm assuming, probably your whole life, been a very musical person. Let me stop you right Because <laughs> you said, I want to talk to you as a creative, and I think maybe this can create for some interesting discussion. I don't actually think of myself as very creative at all. I disagree. It's a little bit of a complex that I have, and I'm going to look in Alex's eyes while I say this. Um, but one of the main reasons why I wanted to work with Alex on this project, Alex in particular, is because he's creative in ways that I don't feel that I can be. Interesting. I think I. What? I think I end. Up, keep yourself muted for this. All right. <laughs> Get out of okay, here. Okay. I'm, I'm just gonna sit back and smile. Uh, I. I know about myself, especially as I have done more and more things and, and grown more as a professional, that I gravitate towards the right brain type work is that what it is more organizational more business that's the correct hemisphere more artistic is left right yeah i think so uh so i know i gravitate a little more right and i feel that i often have trouble um coming up with truly creative ideas and am am often better equipped to um figure out the right ways to get to the creative idea or to execute on the creative idea and so what I do is I try to surround myself with creative people. Interesting. That's really what I try to do. I would say pretty much, because uh, I would call you a creative person in its own right just for the fact that, I mean, just to have the ideas for any of this stuff, that's, I, I cannot imagine, you know, Joe Schmo on the street having these ideas, these because this is this feels to me creative. This is a very creative endeavor, and so this being the podcast network, the, the, the pot LAS as a whole just feels like such a like creative endeavor that I, I feel like only someone who can tap into that sort of creativity, uh, and, and though it may not be you know drawing, it, it may not be like coming up with podcast ideas. I think the ability to come up with something like this has to be creative. I mean, I think to a certain extent, to that capacity, everybody is creative, right? right? And that's what I'm, I, I'm kind of, everyone has 
that's creativity. The name of the show. Yes, is ambition is, is ambition creativity? I I, I think there has to be. Sound like. Yeah, I think ambition has to have an air of creativity to it because otherwise, I certainly I, did not invent podcast network. No, not at right. all. I never heard about podcasts until you <laughs> <laughs> reached out to me. I never heard of computer. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Oh my god! Uh, no, you're certainly not the first person to think of making a podcast, but you are the first person in Eastern Iowa to think of making a podcast network. I don't know if I'm the first person to think of it. Well, sorry, you're the first person to do it. I'm the first person who had a good enough relationship with the right people, with uh, a community theater that had extra space uh, (laughs) and wanted to support creators. I mean, everything creative uh, or successful comes from a little bit of who you know. Oh, yeah. And it does help that we know a lot of people in this town. Which, real quick, anyone listening who is still in, like, a design school or just in school in general, I had my sociology say this to me when I went to Kirkwood for a little bit. Network the shit out of yourself. She she was like, that is going to be the best thing you can do for yourself. Network yourself. Surround yourself with creative. Surround yourself with the people that you want to. Surround yourself with the people that have the jobs that you want. Honestly, if if there is a creative that's listening to this that feels like they don't have, you know, they haven't reached out to anyone, reach out to us. Yes. Send us a message. Absolutely. We would love to hear from you and and maybe be that first person that you reach out to kind of vulnerably. Vulnerably. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there eventually. No. Vulnerably? <laughs> I don't. In a vulnerable way. There you go. Because as you could see, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously all the time. But but honestly, yeah, go ahead. Reach out. You know, it, it's hard to take that leap. It because, is um, um, that fear of failure is is heavy. It's there, and it'll always it will always be there. The best thing you can do is learn how to manage it. Mm-hmm. Learn when to trust your own abilities and when to trust yourself. Um, imposter syndrome is a terrible thing. I have it uh, badly. It's something I feel I suffer from quite a bit. Oh, I have it I, so bad. Guys, <laughs> I had therapy today, and we literally talked about my imposter syndrome. No joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. And it's, it's huge. It, it is it is really bad in creative like creative people in general because everyone feel like every creative person i know feels like they're not even i i feel like (laughs) i'm i'm not sometimes Mm. but it's important to trust yourself trust that people do like the things that you make otherwise you know you wouldn't be making them they wouldn't want you to make them i I mean I, i don't know i'm maybe i'm just tooting my own horn but the reason the reason I get to do any of this is because I'm f- fairly decent at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's certainly a part of it, right? right. But, but I it's think th- good to remind yourself of that. Yeah, and that's certainly true. But I also think it's important, going back to what we were saying, to realize is that the other reason why you get to do this, and I say this, pointing towards Alex and I and the room that we're in is because of our relationship. Yeah. Right? Relationships are important. And you showcasing not just that you are very good at what you do, although you are, but that you're also a great person to work with. Thank you. You know, that's massively important, right? This is, you, we're all here together because we all genuinely enjoy working with each other. Oh, yeah. I love Mm -hmm. you guys. You know, uh, that, that's, and I love you guys too. For, <laughs> before I cut you off there, um, whatever. So my, whatever. My, my dad's best friend is uh, a director out in 
in in Hollywood, and he's from he's from Cedar Rapids. His name is Paul Martin, and he was the assistant director on Dude Where's My Car. So he's he's cast quite a few people and things. But I remember when I was a kid, I asked him how how they choose who to cast in these things, and it's very similar to how you choose on who you want to work with. Mm-hmm. It was when it comes to acting, it was the three things. It was do they look the part? Can they play the part? And will they be an ass to work with? <laughs> if they will, if it's a, a person who's a delight to work with, but there's a person who might be a little bit more talented than them, maybe um, could do the role maybe a little bit better than them. But they're worse to work with. You're going to go with the person who's pleasant. Exactly. You and that, that honestly, I think that is probably the biggest piece of advice I can give to any any creative out there who you know feels like their work might not be the best, but they're actually just a genuinely nice person. Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're probably going to pick you over yeah. the guy who has better work, but yeah. he's an asshole. You're you're Hold giving your away you're I'm giving g- away your biggest piece of advice on the first episode. I am. That's my biggest. <laughs> piece. It's gone. What are you it, doing? This was it. This was the only episode of Creating Crap with Grant. Everything <laughs> oh, else no. is gone. Creating uh, crap with Grant. Creating oh, crap with Grant. We figured out the meaning of the universe. Well, Don't be a jerk. To to kind of wrap this up, boys. I'm excited to see where we go creatively with LAS, the things that we'll make, and you know, and any sort of things that change in the branding here or there, but that's all for the future. And uh, that's all for this podcast. I think that's it. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I don't, to be clear, I don't mean to be like, Oh, I'm not creative. <laughs> give, me, give me credit. Blah, blah, blah. It's not that right. It's, it's that imposter syndrome. <laughs> right. It's, you know, I, re- like I was saying, I yep. surround myself with really creative people because I think they elevate my creativity and I know how to elevate them. Great idea. It's that symbiotic exactly. relationship. Symbiotic relationship. Symbiotic relationship. Like Venom. From and Spider-Man. with that, we're going to... Nope. We're going to... Nope. nope. Am I nope. way off? Yep. Okay. Nope. All right. Well, <laughs> I can't yep. tell you, I just edited an episode of another podcast where we end with Alex saying something and me going, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just commonplace. Guess so. what? It won't be the last time either, baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, anyways... Craig, thank you for having me on your show. Of course. Thank you for coming on here and thank you for talking about the beginnings, general advice, and yelling at Alex with me. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's a good pastime. Yep. And and thank you for making LAS with me. I'm excited to continue this journey on and we'll have more guests, more creatives, and more just down-to-earth talks with people. So make sure to tune in every month with the LAS Patreon exclusive podcasts. Yeah! Woo! Woo! Should we yell creating crap with Craig one yeah, more time? Yeah, let's do I feel it. Like All it's right. Back. Yep, here it comes. All right, oh. wait. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Oh! Creating crap with Craig! A.S.